Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is up? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here with you with another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. Now, if you're someone that pays attention to the way that we lay out our podcast by the week, you would say, well, this isn't the night that we only have the Steelers Burning Question. The Steelers Burning Question is normally on Wednesday night. Well, Lance Williams is having some issues out on the West Coast. I told him I would switch days with him this week. So tonight, Tuesday night, I'm running my usual show. Then Lance will have his tomorrow. With that said, plenty of Steelers talk to talk about today. Antonio Brown took to Twitter. He showed the fans that he met with Art Rooney. There was a cordial uh, sources and reports where there was a cordial meeting. Uh, at first, it was just it was Art Rooney the second and Antonio Brown together. They talked things out. Didn't say that they meant they were going to stay together. And then Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, uh, Antonio Brown's agent, his dad, Eddie Brown came in. Uh, Omar Khan, Kevin Colbert from the Steelers came in at that point, And then they started to really hash out details. But in other words, they agreed that it's best if they part ways. So a trade is looming. We don't know when. We don't know who, and we don't know what for, but a trade is looming. Now, could the Steelers eventually say, if we're not getting the return for Antonio Brown that we expected, could we just keep him? Yeah, but you'd have a feeling that Antonio Brown would want to sit out, and that could get ugly. Uh, nonetheless, the Steelers' burning question this week, and I have to be honest, I was scrolling through my Facebook feed the other day, and the fine folks, the the two gentlemen that take care of the, the behind the steel curtain.com Facebook feed had found this uh, image from NBC Sports Sunday Night Football. And it said the new big three in Pittsburgh. And so what it did is it had images on the top, images on the bottom, the old big three, which let's be honest, was considered to be the best big three. And we're talking quarterback, wide receiver, running back in the entire National Football League for at least a three-year span, and that was Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. Now that you go to the next big three, which would be Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Conner. So here's the burning question. Can the new big three do enough to win? And not just win. Man, when we're talking about Steelers and winning, if you haven't figured it out by now, the Steelers are gauged by one thing, Super Bowl victories. This isn't about making the playoffs. It's not about winning more games than you lose. Those are all fine and great. But the Steelers, like other franchises, like the Patriots, I would even say the Cowboys, um, the you know some of the major players in the NFL, they only care about one thing, and that is winning Super Bowls. So the big three originally, they never got it done. Period. For whatever reason, Le'Veon Bell was hurt several times. Antonio Brown um, didn't really get a lot of opportunities, believe it or not. So can the new three do what the big three never did? Win when it matters the most. Now, before I answer this question, I do want to say a couple things. First and foremost, if you want to leave a question, I will answer some questions at the end of this show. If you're watching live on YouTube, Go into the live chat. You can uh, wait towards the end of my answer to the burning question. I'll cue you up. You can answer any questions. I've, I got. I'd be honest. If you're answering, asking questions now, 
I'm probably not going to see him because they're just going to get washed down as I continue to talk. Uh, secondly, I mean, I was looking at this image and I looked at it for a while and I think there's two people that deserve more credit for the drafting of the football team. And that's Kevin Colbert and, and Mike Tomlin. Now, Ben Roethlisberger was obviously drafted by Bill Cowher in 2004. But other than that, shouldn't we give some credit where credit's due when it comes to Bill Cowher? I'm not Bill Cowher, but Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert during their tenure. Now, I know that last week, Lance did a, yeah, I said it on how awful Mike Tomlin has been with drafting uh, secondary defensive backs. And history does not lie. He has not been good. But shouldn't we also give credit for some of the skill players they brought in on offense? I mean, just think about this. Antonio Brown was a six-round pick. Le'Veon Bell was a second-round pick. Juju Smith-Schuster was a second. James Conner was a third. Talk about restocking the shelves. I mean, there are teams that would kill to have one of these guys, let alone all of these guys. Now, we can look at this in hindsight and say, oh, well, look how they turned out. Look at what Le'Veon Bell's doing now. Look at what Antonio Brown's doing now. Just because success, potentially money, uh, underlying circumstances might have possibly ended their career in Pittsburgh earlier than most would have liked, does not negate the fact that these two players, well, actually four if you count Smith, Schuster, and Connor, have been tremendous draft picks for the Steelers. And so there's so many fans out there that just cannot... They cannot stop bashing Tomlin and Colbert for how awful they are. And they'll say Jarvis Jones and they'll say Artie Burns and Bud Dupree. And I get it. I'm not saying they're perfect, but let's also give credit where credit is due. And there's plenty of credit to go around when we're talking about the skill position players on offense. I think that it's safe to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers are officially the wide receiver factory in the National Football League. They know how to draft them. They know how to develop them. And it seems like that's the one position that the players leave. They typically are okay. Uh, you look at a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, even Mike Wallace. I mean, he's played on several teams, but he's been productive. And more than one occasion, was he as productive as he was in Pittsburgh? No, not a chance. But ultimately, he has been productive still. So keep that in the back of your mind as we're answering this question of, can the new big three do what the big three never did? And that's when. So first thing you always want to do is you want to look at the statistics. Now, you look at Juju Smith-Schuster. His rookie year, he had just shy of 1,000 yards. Last year, he led the team in receiving with 1,426. That's great. That's better than uh, Antonio Brown, who had 1,200 yards receiving. Um, you look at rushing yards. James Conner had 973. He only played in 13 games. Le'Veon Bell's last year, he rushed for... 1,291, but he had way more attempts. His average was just four yards per attempt. And that's Lady on Bell in 2017. James Conner had four and a half yards per attempt in 2018. Like I said, his season was shortened based off of that high ankle sprain that he suffered in the Los Angeles Chargers game late in the season. So statistically, it looks pretty simple. That's that. Obviously, the, the two players that would, re, would be replacing the others, you just slide them on in there. Won't miss a beat. However, it's not all about statistics. For instance, we all know by now that Antonio Brown, the work that he did, the work that he does, 
help Juju Smith-Schuster get open. For instance, if Antonio Brown would have been seeing some of the coverages that Juju Smith-Schuster felt, saw, dealt with on a weekly basis, I think it's safe to say that he would have had 1,400 yards and then some. What's really crazy is to think that Antonio Brown skipped the Week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that he always played well against, a team that had one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and a team that had one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. If he plays in that game, he might surpass Juju Smith-Schuster or come close, and the Steelers could have, well, not only could Ben Roethlisberger finish with well more than 5,000 yards, but he also could have had Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster do something that was is pretty incredible when it comes to how many receiving yards two players have, and that's something that our stat guy, Dave Schofield, had talked about at length a few episodes ago on our Steelers preview when we talked about the wide receiver. So on paper, it looks like, yeah, they can step in and get the job done statistically. But to me, it's more of a systemic answer. And what I mean by that is that it was, can the new big three do what the old big three couldn't? And that's win when it mattered most. Well, the systemic answer is that it depends on what kind of offense this team is going to run next year. Now, in my opinion, with Antonio Brown out of the mix, unless you go out and get a free agent player that is, obviously there's only one Antonio Brown, but is capable at receiver, and they might draft a receiver as well, you're going to look at a different style of offense. They're not going to be able to throw the ball 50 times a game. Ben Roethlisberger's attempts should go down, and that's not a bad thing. It really isn't. If Ben Roethlisberger ends up handing the ball off to James Conner more, to Jalen Samuels more, to another player, whether it's a free agent or a rookie, that would only benefit the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, period. That's less turnovers likely. It's controlling the clock. And it's utilizing your offensive line that really do focus on having, they have some road graders out there that love to just get up, snap the football, go forward, push your opposition back. That is what the Steelers need to get back to. Am I suggesting that the Pittsburgh Steelers need to get back to two yards in a cloud of dust, the Jerome Bettis style offense when was it, Neil O'Donnell, Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox, Ben Roethlisberger, anyone under Bill Cowher? No, I'm not suggesting that. The Steelers are prolific through the air too. But without Antonio Brown, if you want to lean on something, it should be the running game. Jalen Samuels proved himself worthy last year. James Conner was dynamic, had a Pro Bowl season, even with the injury. The Pittsburgh Steelers running game, I believe, will be okay. The question is the passing game. I am not sold on Juju Smith-Schuster being a genuine number one wideout. He just doesn't possess any of the... Well, I guess, you know, I, I should stop myself before I say he doesn't possess any number one characteristics because I think he does. Um, I was stunned this year with... I thought that... Well, I thought Juju Smith-Schuster as a second-year player, I thought his route running improved tremendously. I thought that he showed on several occasions how good his hands were. None, maybe more so than the, the game in Oakland where he had that unbelievable tip pass and was able to bring it in and still get two feet down. Those are plays I didn't think Juju Smith-Schuster was capable of making because we've all seen Antonio Brown, Tony Totap, that he always called himself. Um, we always saw him make those plays, and he made them look routine. Well, it looks like Juju Smith-Schuster picked up on a thing or 
too, because he had did that on more than one occasion in 2018. So for me, the answer to the burning question, can the new big three do what the old big three never could? And that's win a championship. Absolutely. And I, I look back and yeah, I know that a lot of it's based on defense. Ah, you don't need to tell me that. But if I'm just talking about the offense, are they good enough to win the Super Bowl? Absolutely. So for what I'm thinking, personally, I look at this and I say that this offense might change a little bit. But I think about other Super Bowl teams with Ben Roethlisberger. I think about 2005 and the receivers that he had and the running backs. He had Willie Parker, Jerome Bettis in 2005. And then he also had receivers, Heinz Ward, Santonio Holmes, Heath Miller, a tight end. He had Antoine Randall L. Cedric Wilson. Those were his receivers. I mean, Heinz Ward's great, but he's not super prolific. Um, then you go to 2009, running back Willie Parker, Mawelde Moore, um, Gary Russell, I think was that. I think it was his name. Uh, he was running back. To nothing really flashy there. You had Nate Washington, Santonio Holmes, Heinz Ward. Again, just ah, there just wasn't anything flashy about those guys. Santonio Holmes was a good wide receiver. We know how good Heinz Ward was, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't feel that the Steelers need marquee players at running back and a wide receiver. And this season will either prove that point or prove me to be a, a, a freaking idiot because in the past, they've done it. I know in the past they had better defensive units, but at the same time, I think this season could show that they can do it. They can have a running game that is consistent, that they lean on consistently. That's the hope. So for me, I look at Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald, James Washington, hopefully taking a step forward. And probably another receiver or two in the mix somewhere along the line. I don't think it's going to be Darius Hayward Bay. I don't think it's going to be Justin Hunter. And I think that they're, they're not going to be able to replace the production of Antonio Brown, but they should be able to still move the ball effectively through the air and be prolific and efficient in that area. So can they do it? I think they can. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. The Steelers would be wise to take a page out of New England's playbook and literally draw up an offense that best suits your personnel. You can't go out there and try to run the Le'Veon Bell style with James Conner. We saw it last year. He's just not as good as a pass catcher as Le'Veon Bell is, period. He might be a better runner, especially downhill, especially breaking tackles. But at the same time, they're different in that aspect. But catching the ball, that definitely goes to Le'Veon Bell. Now, also, you have... You know, players like Antonio Brown, who's a great route runner, doesn't have that ridiculous top end speed, but he's fast enough. He's tremendous hands, works the sideline better than anyone. That's going to be difficult to, uh, to reproduce. So if I were a gambling man, would I gamble that the Steelers big three would win a championship? It's tough to say. It's tough to say that. I, I think that I, I think they have a good chance if this, if they can get the defense right. If they can get the defense right, hit on a few free agents, continue to show that they're drafting well, I think they've drafted well the last two years, then I think they could be on their way. We'll see. I don't think the defense last year was that bad. 
I've said that in previous episodes. I also personally think that they're only three, probably about three players away from being a legitimate Super Bowl contending defense. So that's my answer. So what do you do now? If you're in the live chat, let me know what you think. Do you think this new big three is good enough to win a Super Bowl? Or do you think they're not? You think that it's just going to be all smoke and mirrors? Also, if you're listening, say you're on audio platform and you want to chime in, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, find this article, go to the comment section, let us know what you think. There'll be plenty of other comments. You'll be to be a part of the community. We always appreciate that. But at this time is where if you're watching live in the uh, live chat, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and fire those away. I'll answer as many as I can. And if you don't have any questions, like I always say, screw you guys. I'm going home. So let's see here. We have um, a couple statements that are kind of like questions. Um, here we go. The Sheep says, if I'm the general manager, I want to first for Antonio Brown. He's that good of a player. If there's one team that has has to ha, that has a first, who that would want AB? Who do you think that would be? Um, I think if I'm looking at any team, it would be the Oakland Raiders. They have, I think, three first round draft picks in this upcoming draft. They have one very high, and I think they have the 26th. And I'm not sure if there's another one around 20. They could easily ship one of those to um, Pittsburgh for Antonio Brown. And not only that, by getting rid of Omari Cooper, they could use a good wide receiver with Derek Carr. Um, Jordy Nelson is not the guy that you want to to be that anchor. Jared Cook's great, but he's not Antonio Brown. If the Steelers can get some compensation, if they can get a first, I think that's the team. Uh, you might think about like a, a play like the the Arizona Cardinals, for instance, the Arizona Cardinals have the top pick in the draft. I don't, they're not going to get, give that up for Antonio Brown, but what they could do is if they're not sold on drafting a quarterback, if there's a team that does want a quarterback and they're going to trade the up to get them, let's say they trade, let's say it's the number five team. I'm not even sure who has the fifth pick. But the number five team says, we'll give you our pick and another first round pick to go, to go up and get, that number one overall pick. So now they move back four spots and they have an extra pick. Now that extra pick then could become leverage to maybe trade for Antonio Brown in the first or in the early second. And the Steelers might say, you know what? You got a deal. You got a deal. I, I don't think you should underscore the importance of a high second round pick either, because we've all seen it. The first round ends and there's so many really good players still out there. And so if you get two second-round picks, two early second-round picks, it can be very, very valuable. Very valuable. Even though it's a second-round pick, still could be super valuable. So there you go. Dave Schofield chimes in and says that I believe the Raiders had the 4th, 24th, and 27th pick in the upcoming draft. So there you go. They have some capital there to move. All right, someone says, Jeff, what do you think the Steelers should do about free agency? I I think this is a year they could actually be pretty active in free agency. I think they're going to look at wide receiver. Not crazy about the names in wide receiver. Golden Tate might be someone they target based on the fact that he's a good route runner, shifty, could kind of do some of the things that Antonio Brown did. Not going to draw the attention, but that could be a position that they look for. I think they're still going to look for inside linebacker. 
I would love, 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 love to see if CJ Mosley even gets to free agency, and I'm not sold on that happening. I'd love to see the Steelers really be aggressive and try to get after him. Try to offer him something the Ravens aren't able to and see if you can get him. What a steal that would be. Would really shore up that inside defense and I think would make them a top five defensive unit just like that. So not only that, I'd also go with cornerback. There's some cornerbacks that'll be roaming around. And don't forget, folks, it's not just with free agency. They might be willing to trade a few pieces to get some players that matter the most. Um, But don't forget, too, if a player happens to be released in the coming days and weeks before the new league year starts, the team can technically pick them up and sign them without waiting for free agency since considering they were released and not an unrestricted free agent. So keep that in the back of your mind, too. So those are the positions that I would target. But don't be shocked if they would find like an offensive line depth. And in interior offensive line depth, they need that in a bad way. Someone that can play center and guard, especially if they lose Ramon Foster. Um, depth along the defensive line is something they've always done. You think about when they signed Tyson Alualu, he was a, a Jacksonville Jaguar cast off. Don't be shocked if they if they target some of those players in the later portions of free agency as well. Okay, so free agency they could be active, I think. All right, let's see here. Um Keystone asked, could we package Bell and Brown to the Raiders for their last two first-round picks? But technically with Bell, that would take this whole transition tag thing and a like a little wink-wink to the, the team that he's going to sign that tag. It's very convoluted. Don't see that happening. There you go. Tyler says, what do I expect will happen with Antonio Brown? Terms of what will they get? I'm not sold on them getting a one. And maybe that's just me kind of dumbing down my expectation. If I don't sit here and think, man, they're going to get a one, they're going to get a one. And then all of a sudden I I see the news break and the news states that the Steelers get a second round pick and a third round pick in the 2020 draft for Antonio Brown. I would be devastated because I feel like he's more than that. So I've told myself, don't expect a first, expect a second or a third. And then if you can get a first jubilation, if, but if not, you're preparing yourself for that. Um, Ron asked, Jeff, do you feel that they should use two backs more than use two backs more than use Samuels as a receiver? This is something I could see the Steelers exploring this year, especially with um, Antonio Brown now out. You want to maximize your mismatches on offense. And so if you have James Conner in the backfield, you're still going to have Roosevelt Knicks on the roster if you want to have a fullback. And you can also put Jalen Samuels in either a bunch formation off the tight end, or you could put him in the slot, something that he's done both a ton. Heck, you could put him on the actual line of scrimmage. He did that in college as the H-back for North Carolina State a lot. You can get mismatches there if they have a linebacker covering him. So I do think that you'll see this more this year. They trust him more, and I say him. I'm speaking about Jalen Samuels. They trust him more. So I do think the Steelers will be smart to do that. Will they do that? All depends on the receivers they have coming back. Um, Philip asks, how do you feel about the, the Steelers picking inside linebacker or cornerback in the first round? I'd be fine with it. I'd be absolutely fine with both of those positions. They need them. But if you're going to take a first round pick, please, for the love of God, save me the projects. Okay. Look at Artie Burns was a, well, he's really raw. He's got all the tangible tools. 
We're just hoping to kind of mold him into what we want. No, no, no. You don't take a first round pick. Last year's pick, Trell Evans. Well, he's got the he's got all the tools that we look for in a safety. He's big. He's fast. He can cover. Blah blah blah. He's a project. I want someone that can come in in day one at either position and play and play well. That's what I want. That's what I hope they do. Okay, so um, let's see if we have any other questions here. <clears throat> if, it's, if if Emmanuel Sanders becomes a cap casualty, it's being rumored the Steelers target him. Uh, he's coming off an Achilles, I believe. Those can be tough. I mean, I'm, I know plenty of players have come back from an Achilles injury and been fine. I mean, I wouldn't be against it. It all depends on the price tag. It depends on his health. Um, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I'm not sold on the Broncos getting rid of him. You just trade for Joe Flacco. You're hoping to keep that veteran receiver there. So, because remember, Demarius Thomas is, he got cut. He's a free agent. He's not there anymore. So they have a very young crew and you would want, you would think they would want Emmanuel Sanders to stick around, but we'll see. Um, Ron says, uh, four picks in the first three rounds would be great. Absolutely. would be great. Would absolutely be great. If they get four picks in the first three rounds, you can find some really good football players in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. And they've proven that on more than one occasion. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the sheep ass, they have 18 million in space. So definitely some room to wiggle and that, that number folks can go up now. I, and last time I did the show, everyone said, Oh my gosh, 18 million. You got to, you still have to sign your own players. You have to do this, that, and the other. Like I get that. But at the same time, that 8 million can grow first and foremost, the salary cap's going to grow. It grows every year, about 10 million more every year. So that would take that. Let's say it grows by 10. That takes that 18 million and now turns it into 28 million more space. They have that say, give, give Ben Roethlisberger a two or three year extension. They move his money around. Now, all of a sudden, instead of costing him the 26,000, 26 million towards the cap in 2019, he only cost 16 million. That's another 10. That 28 turns into 38. Now all of a sudden you're sitting on almost 40 million dollars in cap space, which reminding everyone, you're not going to spend 40 million on this year's players. You might sign a player like um let's say they get Golden Tate, a Golden Tate type player. You might give them a 3 million dollar signing bonus and a yearly salary of anywhere from 2 to 4 million dollars. That's not going to take up 40 million dollars. So, yeah, you can actually target some big-name players. So they have some options of making them get, making that 18 grow. Uh, they can definitely move some money around with some players. Uh, think about Bud Dupree, who with a fifth-year option is due to get over $9 million. They would probably want to get him to a new deal so that they don't take such a hit. So let's say they get him from $9 million next year down to $4 million. That's a $5 million cap savings. There you go, five more. You guys got to uh, see the numbers here and understand that they're absolutely going to get it. They can move them around. So that 18 million should only go the right way. And that's up. Um, thoughts on Devin white or greedy Williams in the first round. I got to be honest, folks. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about these prospects. I'm slowly getting into the mix of positions and players to watch, but more so players that I think could be available at 20. I'll this year with maybe let's hope, the Steelers have an earlier pick, thanks to Antonio Brown being traded, in which case we have to 
kind of look at a whole slew of other drafts prospects and where they might fall and, and how it's going to affect the Steelers. But you can expect as the off season continues to slowly move on, once they get to the combine, which is coming up in a, in days, actually, actually it's coming up at the end of the month. Um, once the combine gets here and then you start to get into the pre-draft visit stuff, that's when you can really start to narrow your focus and the Steelers needs combined with the prospects they like starts to become very clear. Pro days are important because the Steelers will be present. Who's there? Is it just Randy Feetner or just uh, Kevin Colbert or Keith Butler? Or maybe it's the whole brass. It's uh, Mike Tomlin and, and Kevin Colbert. If you get those situations, uh, that that's what we call the TJ Watt situation. And also Terrell Edmonds, both of the whole, the whole brass was a TJ Watts, Wisconsin pro day, took him and a teammate out to dinner last year. They took the Edmonds brothers out to dinner. No one thought Terrell would be their first round pick though. And yet here we are. So, uh, let's keep on going. Phillips said, could we trade, could trade Marcus Gilbert? We, they could, I'm not sure what they would get for him. Uh, you would have to find a really tackle needy team. I think Marcus Gilbert's one of the best right tackles in the game when he's healthy. The problem is he's not healthy often. Suspended two years ago, knee injuries, uh, injuries hampered him and ended his season early last year. So I'm not. I wouldn't expect a lot. We'll just say. Uh, we'll just say that I, mean, I wouldn't expect a trade there. If anything, I think they just release him. Okay, let's see here. Um, you think the Steelers will use more of a two tight end set with uh, Vance and? Uh, McDonald and Jesse James. Well, the Jesse James is a free agent. There's no guarantee he's back. If he is back and they get to sign him, um, I think that they would be smart to use more two tight ends, especially if they go to more of a run heavy system, like I mentioned earlier in the show. So we really have to make sure that, uh, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're thinking about running the football more. You're thinking about taking the air out of the ball a little bit, controlling the clock grinding out first downs. You know, I, I really get sick and tired of those third and less than ones and they throw the football. I know that sometimes some passes are an extension of the run. There's also something to be said about handing the ball off, getting those two yards in a cloud of dust, getting a new set of downs and moving the chains. So we'll see what goes on there. Um, Oh, this here Pierce says, would you keep Le'Veon Bell? Uh, no, I would not keep Le'Veon Bell. Sometimes I just feel that... <laughs> Sometimes it sounds horrible. Sometimes I feel you just have to cut the cancer out. And Le'Veon Bell and now Antonio Brown are both cancers. And I think that this team in a team, not necessarily a playing perspective, could actually be addition by subtraction. They go out and they get rid of Antonio Brown. They get rid of Le'Veon Bell. And their team as a unit could actually improve. The cohesiveness could improve. They don't have those players that are, you know, constantly causing issues. Think about the drama this team's gone through the last three years. Who does it all surround? I'm not saying that players like Vince Williams haven't been in the news. We all remember what he said about Vontez Burford. He's going to paint him up and his jokes about Harambe and all that stuff. But ultimately, it's been Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. That's it. That's it. There might be other blips on the radar. So you take that drama out of this team, man, it'll, it'll, I think that 
if everything goes down the way it should and the way we expect, and that's Bell gets traded or Bell goes in free agency and Brown gets traded, I feel like training camp is going to be like a giant breath of fresh air for everyone involved the fans, the team, the media, everyone. So we'll see. Keep that in mind. Patrick says, longtime Steelers fan, love the podcast. Hey, thanks for listening, Patrick. Hope you continue to listen. And I really hope that you continue to listen to all of our shows too, because I think they're all awesome in their own way. Um, Tyler says, how long do you think it would take for the Steelers to finalize a trade with Antonio Brown? I don't think they want to give him a $2.1 million signing bonus, which is due on March 13th. I don't think they're in any hurry either. So the Steelers are going to want to get the best deal possible. So if they're already talking to teams, if there's a team that calls and says, yeah, we'll give you a three, the Steelers are like, okay, um, okay, well, we'll think about it. So then the Steelers call another team like, hey, you had said you were interested in Antonio Brown. We've got someone that is going to give us a high three. Can you beat it? They might say, well, shoot, we'd give you a two for him. So then the Steelers get on the phone and they call another team and say, hey, we got a team here that's willing to give us two. Would you all be interested in me matching or getting that deal better? They can certainly work the phones and they don't have to jump at the first offer. And I had someone the other day, they sent me a text, a friend of mine said, if the Patriots offered their first round pick, you think the Steelers would trade Antonio Brown there? I said, there's no chance. I don't care if they offer a first round pick and this, which is the 32nd pick. The Steelers should not send Antonio Brown there. You do not want Tom Brady and Antonio Brown together. That's a recipe for disaster for the Steelers. No deal. Plain and simple. Deal or no deal? No deal. All right, so uh, Brad says, I missed the mo most of the show. Not sure if you covered it. Um, yeah, he said, we need someone more than Samuels backing up Connor. I agree. I think that it's, this is not a cut on Connor. Not a cut on Samuels, but Connor has been injured in both of his first two seasons in the National Football League. And although Samuels did perform well in uh, mop-up duty, I don't think Stephen Ridley's going to be back. They need someone like Stephen Ridley who's a little bit better, a little bit younger, doesn't fumble as much. If they can get that guy, then they give a good stable of running backs there. So there might be some players out there that they target, but I don't know if they need to target that in free agency. Sometimes you can find a rookie out there that can go out and make a play. We've seen it happen before, even in mid-round picks. Okay, f a few more. We'll see if we can get a couple more. Wow, a lot of people on the show tonight. We appreciate all the support. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, okay, so I think um, I think that's about it. A lot of people just commenting on my comments. I appreciate that. So first and foremost, if you didn't know that we do have a YouTube channel, and when if you're listening to this in podcast form, you're like, oh, man, I wish I could kind of see what he's talking about and see what exactly is going on and you know what do you he, how i could answer ask a question maybe look it's one of those deals where you, you we go to youtube search btsc steelers radio subscribe to our channel whenever we go live you'll get a notification follow the show go into the live chat you can ask a question like i just got a uh i i absolutely get i think a question right here can Mason Rudolph beat out Joshua Dobbs for the backup quarterback role next year? That's that's a great question. I think he can. I absolutely can. But then again, if you listen to the standard as a standard, our other shows, 
you know that I have a weird fascination with Mason Rudolph. So <laughs> we'll just keep it at that. So um, if you don't know that, if you listen on YouTube or watch on YouTube, uh, we also do have, we're on all the audio platforms. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, my favorite, Spotify. All you have to do is search Steelers. I say it all the time. Just go to the search engine, type in Steelers. We'll be one of the top five shows that pop up. Look for the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com official logo. It'll say SB Nation, home of the Steelers. Subscribe. Get all the content. You get the standard as a standard. The Steelers hangover. Yeah, I said it. My show that we're talking right now, the burning questions. Um, and then also the Steelers preview, five shows a week. That's just in the offseason. Get ready for it during the season this year. It's going to be pretty crazy. I think we're going to give you some of the best Steelers audio content out there so i thank everyone that has been a part of this live chat that's a part of our community in one way shape or form we appreciate the support make sure you subscribe like share tell all your Steeler friends about us they won't regret it i'm jeff hartman editor of behind the steel curtain.com we'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers burning question